Hello there, weary traveler. Welcome to the inn. Sit, sit, rest your feet. Why, it's a long journey on the road to Tarvalon. Have a cup of tea. Or maybe a frothy ale. The light. Why, you're just in time for the entertainment. Here are your hosts, Tracy and Amber. Till shade is gone, till water is gone, into the shadow with teeth bared, screaming defiance with the last breath to spit and sight blinder's eye on the last day. Aiel Oath. Hello and welcome back. We are coming to you live from the Aiel Waste, kind of. <laughs> In this treacherous European heat wave, I am here with my good friend Tracy. I am here with my beloved friend Amber. And this is the Road to Tarvalin, a Wheel of Time podcast. Today, the Aiel, oh Westlands so 101. Excited. We're doing it. It's been a while. Yeah. I don't know how it's taken this long for us to choose the Aiel for a topic. Uh, you know what? I think I think we've thought about doing them before, but they are such a big group of people that it's like a little intimidating to like unpack them at least it is for me there's just so much that goes into being an IEL yeah and too I feel like many Wheel of Time readers are big IEL fans so Mm -hmm. if you leave anything out you know you don't want to disappoint (laughs) anyone it's like these are my favorite people how dare you not talk about insert something spoilery here (laughs) If that happens, just let us know, and we'll make an IEL 101 part two. It'll be great. Maybe it becomes its own course, you know? (laughs) And as per usual, our Westlands 101's first half will be spoiler-free, a lot of background information, and after the break, we will head into the spoilers for the IEL. Oh, also, Mm. before we start, just a special announcement to anyone who might be interested in joining us for our 100th podcast episode mm-hmm. celebration that will be on our YouTube channel. So make sure you are subscribed over there. That way you can find it. But mm-hmm. lots of giveaways. It'll be fun. It'll be fun. Yeah, I'm excited about it. I think it's going to be a great time. Me too. I don't know how it's taken us so long to do a live stream. <laughs> I think we've just started finding our, our feet with live streams, and it's been really um, challenging. Like, not necessarily to, like, do the live streams, but, like, find the software that works right and then, like, learn all the things. Like, there's so much that goes into what we do. And... That's just one of those things where, like, building a comfort zone for it can be time-consuming. Yeah, software is one thing, but we've been doing it for the past few months for book club, and Mm -hmm. I think it always goes over pretty well for that. And it's just nice having, like, a big group to Mm -hmm. join us and talk about books. So, Uh, Oh, my God, yes. Yeah, and if anyone's listening if you want to read with us and be on live streams with us just find our there is no book club book club on Mm -hmm. social media we're Mm -hmm. always looking for people who want to join us yeah i think 
I think I've heard uh, Sci-Fi September. Ooh. Yeah. I like that. Right? (laughs) That's like all I read, though, pretty much. (laughs) Doesn't matter. You're still happy about it. (laughs) Yes, with the exception of, like, some fantasy, but I love sci-fi. Yeah, I appreciate your love of sci-fi because I'm, like, I like it, but I definitely don't get into it the same way you do. And I Wheel of Time, that. more sci-fi. Uh, Aiden and I were talking yesterday, I think it was yesterday, time is weird, about the Age of Legends and, like, the movie opportunities mm, to be yes. more of, like, a sci-fi kind of production and like how that would look and everything and he was like man I could really get into that and I was like right it's something so like I don't know like tantalizing about it right it's it's in such a full like opposite direction with yes the main series and I love the fact that like the past was the futuristic society right the future is like something totally different yeah and i just think that's a really fun concept it to really oh i just love it like i think about those um straight gowns that come up that like change they're like mood rings oh the fan cloth <laughs> in clothing outfits. no the fan cloth is the one that like mimics what you're standing around and the straight cloth picks up your emotions and like changes oh, okay. based on that and it comes up in a few different ways like in the series and I always thought that was so cool but like I also just think mood ring yeah what? but that would be that would be really hard because some people you know like think of Nynaeve can't control right. her emotions for the most part so like everyone be like okay watch out she's mad <laughs> Again and always. Yeah. <laughs> Love her passion. I feel it. It's just like a neon sign, like stay away. Mm-hmm. I need oh one God. of those. I was just going to say. I'm walking my dog. Usually, I, I mean, I just wear headphones, and I guess that's the universal sign for someone to try and like yell something at you. Right? Why? 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 Don't do that. Don't do that. Like I when when I was in school, I would always put my headphones in before, and I I purposely did not wear wireless ones. I wanted people to see the wire hanging down the front mm-hmm. of me as I walked by, and if anybody like stopped me, I was like, point to my headphones, just kept walking. Like this is the sign. Don't talk to me. <sighs> just smile and wave. It's fine. To all the women out there, have you experienced this? <laughs> Wrote to Tarvon, <laughs> headphone etiquette time. That's what's happening here. When Whilst traveling. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what did, what did uh, people do back in the day when there weren't headphones? I mean. Uh, earmuffs? Big hats. Earmuffs? Okay, big hats. <laughs> lots, lots and lots of uh, hair. Just like attempt to muffle the sound every once in a while. Just a giant <laughs> beehive that covers your ears. <laughs> that's that's why Princess Leia had bun hairdos around her. Yes, yes. Mystery solved. Liz in chat just said hair. Leia style <laughs> yes. earmuffs. Fuck yes. yes. <laughs> Fuck yes. I love that. This is exactly uh, it. <laughs> Were we going to talk about something today? What do we have yes. a plan? I feel yes. like we had a plan. 
And I mean, hairstyles are kind of part of it. Oh, yeah. This is yeah. true. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you know what? Can we just jump into hairstyles for the IEL? Sure. I mean, seriously, we can jump all over this dock. I am here for Good. whatever you want to do. Yeah. Okay. This might be a unpopular opinion, but I never saw the IEL with a little itty bitty rat tail strand. Mm-hmm. I always saw it as kind of like a thin mullet, <laughs> like tapered in the back so that mm-hmm. it's a tail. Mm-hmm. I mean,. That's just how I see it. I think I think it would look better that way. Be I honest. think I think my mind just absolutely rejects the idea of anyone <laughs> being taken seriously <laughs> <laughs> with a hairstyle like that. <laughs> <laughs> this is why they wear like the hoods and the veils. They're like everybody's gonna laugh at my hair. <laughs> I had a. I had a rat tail once for fun. (laughs) Like, it wasn't like a little itty-bitty strand, though. Mm -hmm. Like, I had most of my hair kind of, like, shoulder length, and then I had, like, this piece that came out to the side that I dyed, like, white, so it kind of looked like a little skunk tail. (laughs) But that, you know, that was, like... Of course you did. That was in, like, the 2000s when... Yeah. The kind of like more emo hairstyles were popular. Yeah, I'm sure when you did it, you looked cool. Because that's just who you are. <laughs> if I can find a photo, <laughs> I will show you. <laughs> I want to see it. Yeah, the, the whole rat tail. I, I think at one point you had said something about how you felt like it was almost like a crust of hair. Like almost like if you had a mohawk, but you never like spiked yeah. it. It was just like a long thing of hair down the back. I love yeah, but that with idea. Like the, but with like the top a little bit shorter. Yeah. But yeah. that, I think that would look really cool. Like I like that so much better. And it I feels. Think, I think oh, there's ahead. a, is, if anyone has watched Raised by Wolves. Have not. The, I don't remember the name of the characters, but the ones that are in the kind of like cult, they kind of dress like white cloaks. They had these really cool hairstyles and there's one character that has reddish hair. And when I saw her, I was like, she looks like an Aiel. Ooh, okay. What's it on? I don't know. I have it on Sky here in Germany, so I don't know what it is in the US. Probably, maybe HBO or Showtime? Okay. Possibly. I'll take a but look. We at least have HBO. So real it's sci-fi. It's bizarro. Like I out love there. bizarro. It is I need something there. like that. Right the last now. episode I was like what? <laughs> uh, if if you watch it you will know. It is wow. Well now I need to watch it. Pretty sure it's Ridley Scott. Okay. I think. So yeah. Yeah. I, I Anyways, love a good amount of entertainment. Okay, so yeah. the Aiel have weird hairstyles mm-hmm. that Amber has, of course, already improved upon. <laughs> <laughs> um, they are generally like light colored for hair, like from blonde to like strawberry blonde to like bright flaming red. Um, mm-hmm. 
I think one of one of my favorite Aiel, I don't even remember her name. I just remember the fact that she has black hair. And because it's like so unusual and like she's I think she's a wise one or a wise one's apprentice or something. But like she always it's long, like she wears her hair long, so she's always like stroking and showing it off because it's so rare for somebody to have hair that dark. And she's like, look at that. Yeah, yeah. I mean I think that I think that too, like in some like in our world, some cultures Mm -hmm. have very, very dark hair. So Mm -hmm. like if a blonde person goes to that country, people are like, oh, your beautiful hair. Look at right? it. Right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it's always like whatever is different is something that people are drawn to. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Seen as like exotic. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I think a, a dark haired Aiel would be someone that just really stands out. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, striking even. Yeah. Yeah. And I I think, like, so we have hair eye color is usually light. Mm-hmm. Like, this is, this is one of the, the peoples in the Wheel of Time series that gets kind of defined by their physical characteristics. And so that's, yeah. that's definitely one of them is the light eyes. Rand's always being mistaken for an Aiel because he's tall, fair-skinned, blue-eyed, red hair. No rat tail. Yeah. And you know what? <laughs> I think is a good idea for the TV show. Maybe some people won't agree with me, but mm. Rand doesn't have to be like <laughs> so different looking. Like right? he can be Aiel and the Aiel don't have to look monolithic like yeah exactly the same yeah i i actually really like the fact that they've done that in the tv show where we're not having areas distinguished by physical characteristics and it's more accent clothing region clothing yeah clothing is the big one and i absolutely love that i mean i don't think anyone knows how much we love (laughs) costumes and this clothing. Is true. <laughs> but I I really do love that in the TV show. I think they did a really good job with it. Like that lineup of the soldiers at Faldara, like they don't all look the same physical feature-wise, but like mm-hmm. them all in their armor looking like thorough badasses, you know, you know that they're like all unified they're all one group and i love that yeah well done show well done you did some things really well (laughs) oh tracy Mm. i feel like i feel like i should just like tease our upcoming video that we have a special guest for i'm i'm not gonna lie i'm like (laughs) low-key Just, um, I'm mm-hmm. so excited. Right? I'm so excited for this person to join us. And mm-hmm. it's kind of like a big surprise, but yeah. Yeah. You are so amazing for just like reaching out to people. And I just can't imagine like anyone being like, no, I don't want to work with you. <laughs> <laughs> You're just so kind. I don't, yeah. I don't know though. There's, uh, there's so many people that I wish that 
you know, not everyone has time. You know, it's people are busy, but yeah, I love yeah. having guests. It's just so much fun, especially from someone who's in a very specific specific industry. Yeah, that knows their stuff. Oh god, like, yeah, yeah. Just, I can listen <laughs> to them talk all day. We should we should try to get Andre again soon. He was just so delightful. <sighs> this man, he, I just, I love him. We need to send him like presents, just just for no reason. A glory to the builders <laughs> present. I think we should make him like a really cool travel mug, or like glory a water. Yeah, like a water bottle he can carry everywhere with him. I love my water <laughs> bottle. I love it. I bet you're using yours too. <laughs> I've got it with me right here. It's so hot out. There's there's no other option. Yeah. So okay. I wanted to talk about a little bit more with the IEL like look because I think that their clothing, their mm, garb mm-hmm. is really fascinating. It's not just like standard desert camo style. Like Yeah, yeah. They're always kind of like blending in with wherever they might be. So I feel mm-hmm. like they're kind of like these masters of hiding in with their surroundings and they're mm-hmm. so stealthy too. Mm-hmm. So it's like those images you see of like a rock, like a cliff and mm-hmm. someone's like, yeah, there's a some type of like cat down there, you know, mm-hmm. like an ocelot or whatever, something that just you have to look so hard before you can actually see any life there. And that's yeah. the Aiel. They are just predators. Ooh, I and love the clothing, that word. The clothing works with that. It's so good. There's, there was a drawing or like an illustration that I found when I was uh, like researching on the internet. And I loved it. And I wish I would have grabbed it and I didn't. I feel kind of stupid. But it was like one of the best, to me, like depictions of Ayo garb, stance, and physique. The was way it that artwork we, that someone had it made? was, yeah. I bet I bet it's on like one of the the many Ayo. I bet High Lord Tatara knows it. He's yeah. the master of finding like all the cool artwork. <laughs> it's it's so good. Like you like to me, I saw it and I was like, yes, that's what the Aiel look like to me in my head. Like the the loose breeches and the soft boots and the way that they wore their uh shufa, shofa around their mm-hmm. heads and whatnot. Like it just felt so right to me. And I was like, mm-hmm, yep, yep. Those are That's those are it. guys that can disappear or people. Sorry, I shouldn't say guys. Like it's all men because it's not. Um, but individuals that can like disappear into their surroundings, and I love that. Even Lan is like, if you saw an Aiel, it's because they wanted you to see them. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. You would not have seen them otherwise. How cool is that? I mean, I'm definitely not that stealthy. So. <laughs> <laughs> Neither am I. <laughs> it's not hard to my be, strong point. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to be stealthy when you accidentally stumble into walls just walking <laughs> places. <laughs> my poor dog lays like in the middle of the hallway and I'm like, this is dangerous. 
<laughs> oh my god anytime i go and have like one of my yearly visits and the doctor's like do you have any trip hazards in your house i'm like oh my god do you want the list <laughs> i have dogs plural and They're, a small child and a small child and yeah oh everywhere Legos. yes i mean my own two feet <laughs> only thing you're missing is like banana peels the universal slipping agent oh (laughs) (laughs) our family does eat a lot of bananas it's kind of impressive that that hasn't happened yet oh the silliness anyway i i really love the the description of the cadence sore which is like the the clothing for the Aiel that they wear, like the majority of the warrior societies all wear this uniform, quote unquote. Um, Mm -hmm. I think like when I was doing the reading on it, it said that um, like to a wetlander, like to us, I guess, um, every, every cadence store would look the same, but any person who was, part of the Isle society would be able to tell sept clan everything mm-hmm. on the cadence or that the individual was wearing so there would be like right. very subtle differences and that seems I, to be so much of what the Isle are well it's almost like you have to be born into that society for it to make sense yeah. i mean like, I worked on a military base for years, and it took me a really, really, really long time to be like, okay, Navy, <laughs> Army, Marine, okay? Like, you're going through it, and I mean, it, at first, it all kind of just, it's like, oh, it's a uniform, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. It takes time to pick up on those, those differences. Yeah, what do we want to go to next? Do we want to talk about their location? Well, I just wanted to say the only, like, as far as like uh, dress is concerned, the only individuals that don't really wear the cadence soar are uh, women who do not belong to the maidens of the spear. Like, they usually have those long, bulky skirts and white blouses and shawls and bracelets and rings and necklaces, and they wear their hair long. It actually sounds like a really comfy outfit. Sounds like, yeah, sounds like people I want to hang out with. Right. Like, nice accessorizing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can hear, like, the clinking and clacking of, like, all of their jewels when they Ugh. wear them. I'm so excited to see more outfits in the show, more costumes, more styling. I can't Yee! wait to see a group of wise ones. Like. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's going to be so cool. <sighs> I don't. I feel like the wise ones would, would, are kind of, like, simplistic, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So that's not one for me that I'm, like, dying to see. Mm-hmm. But there are some very specific Aiel characters that I need. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I think you know who I'm talking about in terms mm-hmm. of, like, costumes. But mm. we'll talk about that in the spoiler <laughs> section, I guess. Sounds good. That was the that was the last thing I wanted to say in like regards to appearance for Ariel. Okay, and I think it's probably a good idea to focus on the location of the Ariel first. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. right now before we move on, because it really 
is a part of their culture. So oh like gosh, after yeah. this, maybe like going back to the people again. But they have this like fairly vast amount of land. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's in a location that's very hard to get to. So mm-hmm. if you're looking at the map, you have to go all the way to the west, <laughs> like west mm-hmm. of Kyrian, west of Kinslayer's Dagger, west of Shinar. And off, off the off the page of the map, basically. It's it's barely even there. Yeah, and it's just I think all of these locations in general on the map are just super important these ones mm-hmm. on the far edges. So like at the very north you have Shale Ghoul and the mm-hmm. Blasted Lands and the Blight. And then if you go further to the right, further to I the think. west, mm-hmm. like and south, <laughs> there's just a couple of passes, like Tarwin's Gap you can get through because mm-hmm. these are all mountains and then there's another pass and then like, once you get through these mountains, you can end up in the Isle Waste. Mm-hmm. But not mm-hmm. just anyone can go there. Yeah. And it's so just, again, like, one of these locations where I'm just incredibly excited to see on screen. And it's so rugged, and it's so harsh, and it's waterless, and... The Aiel being as dangerous as they are, the Trollocs call it the dying ground, which I think is, like, just really cool. <laughs> I love that. I love that. I mean, seriously, you know a place is going to be just, like, ridiculous if Trollocs see it that way, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, uh, Yeah, and that's, I mean... Save yourself! Temp- Temperature-wise, the Iowace is, like, what I'm going through right now. It is so hot. If I pass out during this recording, I apologize in advance because it is just really, really warm right now. Hmm. But I feel like this was perfect timing to talk about the Iowace. Yeah. I mean, that's one of the, the things that they have to deal with is the severe heat during the day and then followed by freezing cold at Mm -hmm. night like there's really like scarcity of you know things to eat water Mm -hmm. like they do have their own crops of things that they can grow yeah they make their own alcohol Mm -hmm. and (laughs) so they like they do have their own economy carved out Mm -hmm. but it's not as it's not as big as what you see from other nations because mm-hmm. of this harsh environment. And the Aiel call it the threefold land, which mm-hmm. to them it's like a very special meaning for this place because they believe that they are who they are. They have this strength in them because they live in this rugged terrain and it's a shaping stone to mm-hmm. kind of like test their worth. Yeah. But they also consider it a punishment for something that had happened in the past. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. this is kind of like a big mystery Mm -hmm. early on in the books. It's relatively unknown amongst all the Aiel why this is. Mm -hmm. So there's only a few people who are allowed into the Aiel Waste, which is like peddlers or Gleeman, mm-hmm. or the Tuathan. So 
there will not be very many aisle waste tour guides. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like this is not a place that you can vacation in. This isn't where you go glamping. Right. You need permission. <laughs> that is one of the things that I was. I don't, I don't know how to explain how it made me feel. So reading who the Aiel allow to travel through their lands, the list is like tiny. And if you aren't on that list, there's a very real possibility that they will either kill you mm-hmm. because they just like don't even really see you as a human being, it seems like. Um, or they will truss you up and take you to the Sharon like uh, depots and sell you as a slave. So yeah. doesn't sound fun. <laughs> right? Like I think that would be enough to deter me from wanting to go to the waste. I mean the weather there alone is enough for me to be like, no thank you. <laughs> or you just have to become a gleeman first, you know? There you go. Or there you a glee go. woman. A glee person. A glee, a glee person. person. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I it's they're very protective of their territory. And yeah, I think I think we could probably move into the people. Culture? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Cause I well, I think and you already said it, like how they're they're shaped by this mm-hmm. rugged landscape. I like your choice of words with fierce and hardy. Yeah, I mean that's the thing too. Like if you're I think if I didn't have clues in the books and I'm trying to imagine what these people would look like, Mm -hmm. I would almost picture them as like skinny and Mm -hmm. not necessarily like warriors, you Mm -hmm. know, but they are hardy, like they are big and tall and in really good shape and Mm -hmm. muscled, you know, like it's not. It's not people that are just wasting away in the desert. Nope. They are thriving. They've managed to figure out how to live. And, I mean, if we get into, like, culture and their whole having warrior societies, they also, like, engage in combat among themselves, like the various tribes. Right, right. It's, again, not monolithic. They have Mm -mm. tribes that can war with other tribes essentially mm-hmm. yeah for and a lot of times it's like resources that one group decides that they want i i really i mean it doesn't seem like it takes too much for them to engage in a battle of some kind with each other and then when they do there's uh the rule of the fifth and so anything, I love the rule of the fifth. Right? <laughs> it's very cool. It, it reflects their their code. Like, so for the IEL culture part, I think we can probably like segue into yeah. that. This seems like a good place to do it. Yeah. Um, so like they, they have this code of honor. Uh, I think it, the, I always say it wrong. Is it Jai Ito? I always say G Ito. Like I don't know. I I'm probably because I'm if I see a word that's a that looks foreign to me, I try and pronounce it in German. So Mm -hmm. (laughs) 
<laughs> Maybe that's why. <laughs> Gito. Gito. It sounds like a kid's toy. <laughs> Get your child the Gito. Gito? I can't. No. Mm-hmm. That thing. Um, there are words from the old tongue, and I believe it's honor and obligation. And because they have this structure of honor and obligation that rules pretty much everything they do their laws are like really few they don't need to like put a lot of laws in place because everybody just follows this one system and i feel like that coincides too with the landscape you know Mm -hmm. when resources are scarce and you live somewhere that's very dangerous Mm -hmm. You have to make sure that your people can survive without, you know, wiping each other out or just yeah. whatever. So, like, you need kind of like these strict guidelines to live mm-hmm. by. And for that to kind of incorporate just into the culture itself, like, mm-hmm. it becomes unspoken rules. Like, this is yeah. just how you live. Yeah. Like, even though they are these warring societies they don't have any prisons if someone is being accused of a crime they aren't held in any way prior to the trial like they're just expected to show up and any IEL who didn't would be like so shamed they might as well just like yeah you might as well be dead yeah bury yourself in a hole no one cares about you anymore Mm -hmm. put on your black robes and forever be done the thing one of the things that i think is very very interesting about this warring culture this idea of honor and obligation is the whole uh gaishan like how they get gaishan yeah because you gain the most honor in a battle by disarming your opponent without killing them. Mm-hmm. And then if that happens, you get to take that person home with you. <laughs> <laughs> See, I mean, ugh, this is one of those, I don't know, like every culture in the Wheel of Time has some questionable mm-hmm. uh, ways that they live, I mm-hmm. guess. And, I mean, who am I to judge? Right. <laughs> you know? <laughs> but there, there's some things where I'm like, that feels kind of, um, yeah, that's, that's a thing. Yeah. Just have to look past it, I guess. <laughs> well, and I mean, it's, it's different from some of the other ways where we see people in servitude towards others like the Aiel have this really bizarre idea of what a servant's life is in the westlands like in places outside of their cultures like they see nothing wrong with the way that they do things and they think everyone else is really weird but it's almost like it's almost smart in a way you're getting free labor (laughs) <laughs> said every slaver everywhere <laughs> you know you're it's getting, really good for the economy free brainwashed slavery. labor <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> well uh, that's just it like that's this is why it's questionable and i think the ideal see it as beneficial because instead of this person 
dying, they go through their year in a day, they take off their white, they go back to their life like nothing ever happened. And wherever that person's going, their family hasn't lost someone that they love and care right. for forever. Right. So the, in it's that just, sense, it's better than death. Yeah. Like if you're just going for all out slaughter, the Aiel would have died out forever ago, you know? <laughs> right. Right. But again, like this is a means to protect the culture, protect mm-hmm. the people, you know? Yeah. Keep people alive. Like they live in a harsh enough climate as it is. Losing your your warriors, your protectors in every battle, that would just that would just decimate the population. Right. They're it's too deadly. You know? Right. It's it's always a contest of who's deadlier. God. Mm-hmm. I not only I mean, I, not only are they like fierce warriors, but they're mm-hmm. also like really stealthy trackers and stuff yes. like that so like they're not just <laughs> like warriors they can run for days right? and they can track people and super they're, like stealthy they can sleep under rocks if they choose to i mean they just they're incredibly efficient people yeah yeah, I think if if you were to make a list of like the most deadly people <laughs> in fantasy, the Aiel would probably be up there as a a really good main contender, I think. I would think so. I mean, I don't necessarily read a lot of fantasy, but I just I find them so fascinatingly deadly. Mm-hmm. It's and I mean even the way that they view but they view death is so different from the way that a lot of other cultures do. Like I feel as though they're probably closer to the Borderlanders and how they view death as like waking from a dream and like everyone dies at some point. But they're both cultures that live with the possibility of death on a daily basis. So I imagine that makes you react to it differently maybe even more comfortably in some ways i always question if the aiel are inspired by the fremen from dune because Mm. again it's like desert culture Mm -hmm. just wild fighting abilities (laughs) and they have sandworms so like Mm. there's that Jumara crossover like Robert Jordan it's the one everyone wanted we needed that I love that me too oh did we talk about the veiled faces no no I don't think we have so this is like a big thing in Aiel culture even like people from the Westlands Mm -hmm. like the the saying is, if you see an Aiel with a veiled face, it means you're dead. Like, yep. this is the last thing you will see <laughs> before you right? die, is an Aiel <laughs> veiled face. It's a veil, veiled faced, veil faced, veiled faced Aiel. <laughs> wow, okay. An Aiel with a veil will take you out. It doesn't yes. have quite the same ring. I like it in the books much better. 
the one Aiel that's shown in the TV series, mm-hmm. it's so, like, not quite sure how I feel about it being a corpse. Mm-hmm. Was it, was it, was it totally veiled or was it kind of just no. like obscuring Mm-mm. the face a little bit? He, the, he wasn't veiled at all. Like when Tom and Matt are like examining, well. Well, I mean, he's, if he's, if he's already dead, I, I can't imagine like they would leave the veil on his face. Like, I feel like they would tear it off as a sign of like disrespect or something. Mm. I don't know. I just, I think, I think what I remember is that Tom was kind of giving Matt a bit of a culture lesson. And mm-hmm. like he wasn't, he wasn't veiled. They shouldn't have attacked him. And he was like, had he, had he had this up and over his face, then he would have been an enemy. But he wasn't. Oh, I forgot about that part. Yeah, you're right. So I mean, I, I think that works, though. It it's, does. It does. It. It kind of just shows, like a how different cultures can just treat each other awfully. I mean, mm-hmm. absolutely. someone that's different, someone that stands out, someone that you see as a threat and mm-hmm. killing them before they can do anything about it. I mean, yeah. we don't know if this city was just racist. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, I, I mean, that's how I interpreted it. As. Yeah, so did I. Mm-hmm. And I think that was kind of the point that Tom was trying to make was like, there's no way they would have been able to take him out had he been veiled and aware. Like, there's not, a, he's like, there's, a, I don't think he was like, there's no one here that could have the backstory on how that happened, you know? Mm-hmm. It's not a bad introduction. I guess for me, I wanted, I, I'm glad that they followed it up with a T-Grain uh, battle scene later on. You know what I mean? Like, then we get an Aiel in motion. And that's so cool. Yeah. The only thing that I think that I would have changed with that is that nighttime scene. It was kind of hard to see, mm-hmm. like, yeah. what this person looked like and what they were wearing. So when we got to our dear mm-hmm. T-Grain, mm-hmm. I had my mom asking me a million questions. Like, who is she? What is she? Why can she fight so well? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, they kind of introduced it a little bit with this guy that was hanging. And she was like, did not even get that. Oh, but, cool. What a good I perspective. Mean, to me, like a reader, I'm like, yeah, yeah, I know. He's an uh-huh. ideal. Like, <laughs> but to someone who's <laughs> never seen it, mm-hmm. it probably could have even been more explain, you know, a better explanation. Yeah. Can't can't win it. Can't win it all. No, I th- I think I think they kind of did it the best way they could. Yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think channeling is handled differently in IO cu- culture, uh, both for women and for men. Um, and we can kind of get into like what happens for the women when we get down to the wise ones and the clan chiefs. But Ayol men choose to, like, just walk into the blight when they find out that they can channel. 
Like they're like, yes. you know, if I'm if I'm gonna die, might as well I'm just gonna take go out. out and yeah, yeah, take out a bunch of shadow spawn. Why not? I'm I'm a death machine for a reason. Here I go. Right. And I mean, what a badass way to choose to handle it. You know, like yeah, it's I mean it's that that honor culture you know yeah i mean if you're gonna give your life like i can't i can't really see an aiel warrior deciding that they're just gonna like succumb to the madness and yeah put people or in danger yeah or throw themselves off of a cliff or try to commit suicide in a more passive way than killing a bunch of trollocs maybe taking out a jumara or two you know like I I just feel like that's such a I I don't maybe I would do that. No, I'd be scared to death. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we gotta hurry up just a yeah, little okay, bit sorry, so we can sorry. get to spoilers. Thanks. So I think we've kind of already mentioned there are twelve clans for the Aiel. They all get broken up, and I don't I don't really feel like we need to list all of them out. I didn't add them. Is that okay? There's many clans. We, there's you know, you can look them up if you want. There's yeah. There's a lot of them. Yeah, have fun. Go do some research. <laughs> we love research. <laughs> I do. The only clan that really gets kind of highlighted when doing like research on the Aiel is the clan that is not the Gen Aiel, and they're just very mysterious. There's not a lot known about them other than they, like, are the builders of Ruidians, like. Oh, God, how do you even describe Ruidian? It's like a city in the middle of the desert. Well, uh, I think I. It might, it might even be, like. It might be more of maybe we should do that with spoilers. Yeah, yeah. Okay. That sounds good. And yeah, and I don't think any of the spoiler stuff for this uh, 101 for the IEL will be like last book spoilers. I think most of this stuff is introduced, I want to say like closer to halfway through the series. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So one of the little like side notes that I think is really fun is the Aiel's relationship with the Kyrianen. <laughs> mm-hmm. And like this goes way, way back where they had something called the water gift where mm-hmm. the Kyrianen gave them water. So at one point, like after this happened, they allowed the Kyrianen to come into the waste. They were one of the select few peoples that were allowed in mm-hmm. and they had a somewhat good relationship mm-hmm. and all of that changed when the Aiel gave a Avandasora tree to the king of Kyrian and this guy decided to turn <laughs> it into a chair it was like it's like this is the very last living tree of its kind not the very last there were I think was there one more um, yeah there was one it there was, was one, one other mm-hmm. yeah and I like that you describe it as a chair. She'll turn it into a fancy chair. <laughs> a throne. <laughs> he turned it into a, thr- a throne. But after this happened, 
that relationship was I think soured is like not going far enough like yeah. deep hatred mm, so deep hatred that's good that's good yeah this is why it. the Aiel call the Kyrian and tree killers and it's a curse yeah so they're not if you see someone that you don't like feel free to call them a tree killer <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna call everyone that from now on <laughs> Because <laughs> we went we went further into this in our Kyrian episode. So mm-hmm. if you want more on that, you know where to look. Yeah. And I mean, the Aiel don't really have a lot of interaction with anyone on like the east side of the spine of the world, if they can help it. Like they really kind of like their isolated lives the way that they are. and. The most recent interaction that has happened, like, probably, like, we can probably talk about this before we go into spoilers, if that works. I haven't looked at our time. Yeah. Um, But, like, when, uh, what's-his-face, Lawman made himself his fancy-ass chair, uh, Mm -hmm. four clans from the Aiel came across the spine of the world to take his head. Mm Mm-hmm. And everybody, like, freaked the fuck out. Like, the Aiel are just like, no, no, we're just doing this because he did something really stupid. We're not here to attack anybody else. We yeah, yeah, and that's what I we're thought leaving. was really cool, too. It's like, we're not going to, we're not taking out everyone. We're mm-hmm. just here for the one guy. So, yeah. Yeah. if you know what's good for you. <laughs> just don't mind me while I take a fifth of all your stuff except your food. Because mm-hmm. that's Aiel custom. Yeah. Spoils so of they war. Did. Yeah, and as far as, like, in relation to the storyline goes, the Aiel War is, like, roughly 20 years prior to Ooh. the beginning of Eye of the World. I, I, feel, a, I feel a cold open coming up. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a really cool one to see. Mm. The Aiel yes. War. I would love it. I would love it if they made the hook into some sort of cold open scene Ooh, a land centric yeah cold open scene <laughs> if anyone so if you're listening and you haven't read new spring i <laughs> i don't know why you're listening to <laughs> no i'm kidding but i believe the hook is the very first chapter of new spring it mm-hmm. and it is very land centric mm-hmm. spoilers for New Spring, I guess, but he encounters a army of Aiel, and this is during the Aiel War, mm-hmm. and everyone in his company is just freaking out, you know? They're like, we're all going to die. That's it, you know? What do we do? And the Aiel just, like, look up, and they see Lan, and they're like, oh, hey, on a line. What's up, my guy? <laughs> and they keep walking, and everyone is just like head exploding emoji like what just Mm -hmm. happened and it's this really great insight into how the Aiel respect other warrior cultures yeah especially from the borderlands Mm -hmm. so like I love that there's you know they're not they're not friends but they're not enemies like they you know I, I picture them like walking across each other and just kind of like giving a little nod like yes Mm -hmm. i see you respect but that's Mm -hmm. it 
Yeah. I love that. That's exactly how I see it, too. Mm. So, it's spoilers? So yeah. Yeah. Spoilers for Iola, like. Okay. Ah! A, wor- a word from our sponsors <laughs> who are us? I love that. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> Momentary interruption, friends. Since we are not good at remembering to promote ourselves during the show, here's how you can keep the road to Tarvalin growing. First off, rate and review us wherever you listen to The Road to Tarvalin. This helps new listeners find the podcast. Listener support is available through Anchor. You can contribute as little as a dollar a month with amounts leading up to a generous $9.99 a month. Also, we have a new merch shop. Cozy Contorta was inspired by the books and characters we love, and it's not just Wheel of Time focused. Go check it out at Cozy Contorta on Instagram or find the link on our website via social media. Income means better equipment, more content, and more opportunities to be able to grow our amazing community. We love you all and feel endlessly grateful to each of our listeners for joining us week after week on the road to Tarvalon. Thank you so much. Enjoy the rest of the episode. And spoiler time. Spoiler time. <sighs> I think Aiden's going to like this because we're going to like start out with Age of Legends origin of the IEL. Yes. Yes. Ah! I mean, again, like I, I can't help myself by just kind of like getting super excited of this potentially happening on screen somewhere, right. be it the TV show or the movies that are supposed to come out. Like, mm-hmm. I just, ah, it's so good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm stoked to see what they choose to do. Like, I, when we were talking about it earlier, how, like, the Age of Legends has this possibility of being super sci-fi, I think part of what lends an air to that is the position of these Dashain right? Aiel. Sure. Um, yeah. I like they're they're basically just these sworn for life to serve I Yeah. They're just servants. Like that's it. Like they mm-hmm. their one like purpose is to serve the Aes Sedai and they're completely pacifist, mm-hmm. so no hurting, no warring, no killing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very different from our current day Aiel. Very different. And it's also, I think, the one thing that carried over from these early precursors to the Aiel that we know now in the main series is mm-hmm. they also have a code. You know, mm-hmm. like... I feel like the the way of the leaf, obviously, like this is where we learn that the Aiel had kind of split from mm-hmm. the Daishan Aiel. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And this is where like we get the Tuatha on. Mm-hmm. They were once the same people. So like this code of nonviolence almost evolves into a code of hmm, honor. Mm. Mm-hmm. Like they keep they keep their strong feelings for codes alive. It just shifts drastically. <laughs> yeah. I remember when I was reading The Shadow Rising and just thinking how 
bizarre that the traveling people, the tinkers, like their origin is the same as the Aiel that are like little more than warrior cultures always prowling and fighting against each other. Like they are so opposite and it's just it's just wild how they became so different. I have a confession. Yeah. When I learned that in the books, like I didn't even stop to think about it. I was just like, oh, that makes sense. <laughs> I love Keep that. Going. Right. Keep and moving. away we go. There's so much happening right now. That is a really well, like it it's that mm-hmm. the shadow rising. I was just so invested in other things that were happening. So like the whole Aiel part, I was yeah. like, I gotta get through this to get to the good stuff. And mm-hmm. then, you know, you go on and you're like, oh, like that was really important. But oh well. <laughs> like didn't even stop to like really take it all in. Mm. I think it's I had a good to... sign with a book if you can't mm-hmm. like you're like, nope, gotta keep going. Gotta mm-hmm. keep going. <laughs> yeah. I mean the Shadow Rising is not a small book in the series. It's pretty hefty. But it's it's just absolutely one of my favorites. I love it. I'm really excited to get to it. And part of it is because there is so much Aiel stuff happening in it and like all of these wild revelations of things. Like to me at least, like especially the first no, time they... I see them. They are. I mean, they totally mm-hmm. are. But I think I was just like completely sidetracked on mm-hmm. a different plot line. So I was like, gotta keep going. What? <laughs> Stop. Let's go. <laughs> I love it. Um, the thing that I was pondering quite a bit yesterday when I was reading this is how this group of Tuathan split from the Daishane. Di- Aiel, and they do this because they say that they're looking for the song. Like, that becomes, like, their thing. Everybody knows that, I mean, most people know that the Tinkers are looking for their song. And mm-hmm. to me, like, so reading reading the research, it was like, they wanted to return to the peace and prosperity of the life they had known during the Age of Legends. Like, this break-off didn't happen too much longer after the breaking of the world had started like they were like you know what this sucks we don't like it fuck the Aes Sedai and their bullshit we're just gonna go do our own thing but they never really find that prosperity see and that's what I always interpreted what the song was yeah I never thought that it was actually a song but it was just like them yearning for a time of peacefulness them yearning for like their history that was Mm -hmm. i guess forgotten yeah like it's it's not and i i didn't see it that way until you know more recently reading and thinking about it and how for them and i mean singing was really important when they were Aiel, because they sang with the Nim and the Ogier, and that was how they helped to regulate the crops. That fed right. everybody. So right. being able to go back to a way of community where they were so essential mm-hmm. and never under attack, never, ever, ever. Like, right, right. 
I mean, that would be blasphemous. Like, these are the people that are keeping people fed, like, making the world a better place. Like, it would be, it would be like showing up in the Vatican and, like, shooting the Pope, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Not, I mean, that's kind of a weird. (laughs) But, I mean, or just give him a good hard shove. Yeah. Like, just walk up to him and be like, what you got? Uh, I mean, maybe not. I don't know. Well, yeah, you like know they I were mean? such a central people to society, and mm-hmm. yeah, there's even such like a strong sense of community and happiness and mm-hmm. joyousness, and they're not hurting anyone. And then mm-hmm. to lose it all, yeah. I mean, not all of it, but to have. I mean, this is like. This is why losing your culture is so, I mean, it's almost a type of like warfare. If you, you're, you're essentially like your brothers, your sisters, cousins, Mm -hmm. mothers, fathers, like after a time, like people split and there's now two groups. And after Mm -hmm. such a long time, like these people that were your brothers, your kin are Mm -hmm. just something completely different and it's tragic. Mhm. Yeah. And sometimes it's not by choice. Like I think with the Tuatha yeah. on them walking away and and changing things, they've lost their history in a different way than the Aiel have. Like I don't know. I don't know what I'm yeah, trying to I'm, say. Does I'm, that make I'm sense? Mostly t- yeah, but I'm most I'm mostly talking about the Tuatha on when they're like, mm-hmm. you know, talking about the song and stuff and I feel like they're they're yearning for their long lost brothers and sisters to come home and live in peace with them, but they mm-hmm. don't even remember. So like they're yearning for something that is forgotten, you know? Mm-hmm. And for the Aiel to even find out about this, like this is such a revelation for them mm-hmm. that some of the men that find out about this will just kill themselves mm-hmm. like and this is also a test for the wise ones mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. so yep. like they go through wise wise ones and clan chiefs it was designed by an Aes Sedai like the the glass columns mm-hmm. was designed by an Aes Sedai to help teach the story, like, the history of the, the Aiel culture um, and determine who would be worthy of leading the Aiel people. So Right, and you have to be, like, resolute, you mm-hmm. know? I mean, some of these people that learn, they can't handle it. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, I, I actually, I'm so thankful for the way that it's written in the book where Rand is stepping through the glass columns at the same time as another Aiel is walking through them and how he's able, to, like how Rand is able to see, I can't remember his, his name, he's Kuladin's brother. Um, but as oh, he's walking, Kuladin. yeah, like Rand's able to see how this like, how this man is tearing at his face, how he is shaking his head in disbelief and he doesn't make it out the other side of the columns like Rand sees the same history through his ancestors eyes that this 
Aiel has as well. Rand's been able to make it through the other. Aiel has not. Out so, the other side, yeah. Yeah, so I like how we're shown what could happen if you can't mentally accept this truth that's being shown to you and just how devastating it really is for an Aiel to find out that they came from this 100% non-violent. Right, like, right. Like, I can't, I can't even imagine some scenario, like, finding out something about my past that would mm-hmm. make me want to claw my eyes out. Right? Like, it would have to be really, really terrible, something mm-hmm. really awful. Yeah, and for some of them to find out that they aren't this endless line of descendants from great warriors before them they come from a pacifist culture that broke their oaths like there aren't two things that are much worse to an Aiel than that like honor and obligation are broken in both of those things so it's I think Rand's kind of protected by a bubble of what the fuck because he wasn't raised by you. Right. Like, so this, is, this means nothing to him. He's yeah, like, he's cool like walking story through being time. Like, All right. <laughs> Do I get uh, a dragon now? <laughs> maybe two. Maybe two. <laughs> uh, I love that moment when he comes back and he's like, I think it's Sorolea who's like, show them the signs. And he was like, Wah? <laughs> Do I have Both to? of them. Uh <laughs> So I good. picture him like, <laughs> like when you <laughs> turn your arm up, arm up like kind mm-hmm. of like in a muscle position. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But like making it have a little mouth like a duck. Like, <laughs> Where's my dragon? Meet me. Meet me. He's, this is how my dragons sound. Apparently, aren't I he starts talking. <laughs> he starts talking to the IO with his dragon hand. <laughs> You could get him, like, a little um, portable theater case, like Punch and Judy shows. Yeah. This sounds possible. This is he how he holds... a Sharpie and draws a mustache <laughs> on the dragon. This is how he composes meetings with the clan chief. <laughs> All right, guys, what's up? <laughs> what? <laughs> uh, uh... <laughs> to me, I'm... <laughs> You know, Beaker from the Muppets? Like, yes. Me, me. That's what it sounds like to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it would have to. Uh, where mm. are we at? The divisions? No, we talked about the first division. Yeah. And then the second one is where the Daishan breaks apart for the last time at this time. But it's a little different. Like, instead of... So first division is the Daishan, Daishan and the Tuathan. Mm-hmm. And then the second one, one group remains nonviolent and still carrying on the oath from that they've given to the Aes Sedai. And then the ones that have broken off are kind of protecting this group that's now calling itself the Genaiel. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's from that group that has picked up a spear and is using it to learn how to fight and hunt and all kinds of fun things. Um, right, because, I mean, th- this also 
makes sense because Mm -hmm. as the world became a more dangerous place Mm -hmm. it's like do i do i really want to continue on with this my people are being slaughtered we are completely helpless yep so everywhere they went they were under attack always like the the divisions that happened within the aiel were in response to some really shitty treatment that they continuously encountered like that was why when the people who became the Kyrianin shared their water shared their resources the Aiel were like you are the only people that who has helped. like yeah helped us yeah so it's a lot of history yeah and I mean that's just I think this part is written so well like I was flipping through my book last night and reading through summaries of just this part where Rand's going like backwards through his ancestry and just how heartbreaking everything is yeah yeah like I I was trying like just not to tear up reading the how they lost everyone Mothers, fathers, sisters, brothers, everyone, everyone. Or you had to stand and watch people drag away people who belonged in your family. And you knew you could do nothing. And so, yeah. like, push to that point. In moments like this, you have, this is why that break happens. You have people pushed past the point of being able to be pacifists, where... In order right. to survive, violence is the answer. Yeah. And it's They're... it's a very interesting thing to think about. Yeah, what's the um it's like a philosophy that at a certain point if one group is marginalized and keeps having mm-hmm. their rights taken away, then mm-hmm. at some point like violence is the only way that you can get that back. Yeah, and that's kind of like the situation here. Mm-hmm. And they I mean, chose violence. They did, and I mean, in some ways, they chose it so they could get back to the thing that they lost. Like when you think about the threefold land and how they see it as like their testing ground and their punishment, like they're getting prepared for something. But I don't, I don't think that they. I don't think that this is the outcome that they're seeing, you know, like when Rand declares himself as the dragon reborn, not, no, I'm sorry, the Kara Karn, because of course <laughs> it's yeah. different for the different corn land. Of, the car of corn. The car of corn has <laughs> arrived. <laughs> All hail. It's like the Oscar Mayer wiener mobile. It's just and drag- a cob. Dra- dragon, dragon. <laughs> Dragon puppet hands. Dragon puppet hands. <laughs> this is getting ridiculous. <laughs> ah, someone draw this. Um, but yeah, so like, he announces who he is. And at the same time, Kooladin's like, no, no, guys, he's totally wrong. Right, this is our me. past. Yeah. And Rand's like, um, nope, this is, this is what happened. And all the chiefs and the wise ones are like, He's right. Mm-hmm. He's right. That's our that's our past. And I mean, suck to it, them... <laughs> liar. That point was so cathartic. Like this right. guy, ugh, such a 
dick. This guy. He's, he's cool like. Then. I'm always thankful the, when I get to that point where you're done with him. The, the name Cooladin makes me mm-hmm. think of like a kid playing a saxophone with like a mohawk <laughs> on a skateboard. Like, it's very cool. <laughs> very beyond cool. I hope this um, show has Cooladin. Oh, interesting. I mean, I could see, I could see why they wouldn't, but I uh-huh. feel like. Rand needs a strong adversary in this moment. Yeah. There has to be that gotcha, like, that's not the prophecy. And then, like, yes, this yeah. is the prophecy. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, how fun would it be to throw the audience off and Rand in the show by having another Aiel show up with the tattoos of the dragon on both arms? He you has know? tattoos. I have tattoos. Well, fuck. <laughs> You know, like uh, that would be that would be really interesting to have that moment of doubt. I've never even imagined what Rand's tattoo is going to look like in the show. Mm. Do you think he'll have it? I mean, oh, he kind I of has so. to. I really hope so. It's it's such a cool part of Rand's character, you know. At least I think it is. I love that he comes out marked like that in a way that distinguishes him without a doubt. Oh, Yoshi. I can't oh. wait. I want to see it. He's, yeah. I mean, he's so cute, but like that'll make him look kind of rough and tough. I, I have no objections to that. In fact, that's part of the appeal. I still <laughs> see him as a sweet young boy, you know? But see, that's just it. It's like we have to... We have to get to a point where we don't see him like that any longer right. because that is who he, like, evolves out of being. And, like, coming out with tattoos, I mean, come on. Especially ones that, like, come up your forearms and over the top of your hands, like. I don't see. But this is going to be really, really hard. hmm Because I feel like if he walks out of there with, like, a traditional Japanese, like, dragon tattoo, it's to like our you know our world you know mm-hmm. what i mean mm-hmm. so i wonder how they're gonna change it to make it not feel like they just took something from mm-hmm. i don't know like no, i feel I f- like i feel like <laughs> you could go to like any tattoo artist and be like oh yeah like it do it like this like this is what it should look like but yeah i feel yeah. like if it's too traditional mm-hmm. like our world it might i don't know would it be too much maybe if I don't if know. there would be a way that they could do it so that it actually has like that metallic kind of look to it that's described in the book i think that would help a lot i don't know how they would do it i'm not a makeup artist so i have no idea yeah, I think it's just... You know what, though? At the same time, I think what would look like a like a traditional... Japanese or, you know, like... Yeah, like that I know style there's, of... There, I know there's different ways of doing it, like, I... But, like, I also don't want it to look like... 
Americana tattoo or yeah, traditional Japanese style tattoo or Chinese. It's just, I feel like they're going to have to put their own little spin on it to make it something a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, we don't want him to look like he's coming out of like a music video. Like he's a, <laughs> you know? No, you're so right. Like for some odd reason, I keep thinking about him and like the black coat that he wears and like oh my gosh yes with like the dragons and stuff and i'm like oh you might be pushing it a little there right that's what i'm saying like it's that's gonna be very tricky whoever Mm -hmm. styles it you know yeah you can't just i don't know i don't well and they have to be able to have it on several different people as well like, that'll be the other thing. And then to, like, will they age it like a normal tattoo would be aged? Would Do they just kind of, does it always look super <laughs> clean and fresh? Like, right, how does right. it look on, on various people? And I just, I really just love the idea of, like, these Aiel chiefs with their, like, sun-weathered skin and their, they're kind of faded out. also there's like continuality problems like when you're putting Mm. body like art like and makeup on a person you have Mm -hmm. to get it perfectly right in the exact same location every time every time so every shot lines up and it doesn't Mm -hmm. look different so you don't want it to be so complicated and taking so much time that it's just a nightmare for hair makeup yeah whoever's in charge of putting the tattoo on him every time they shoot well the easy answer is they all just go get the same tattoos (laughs) done (laughs) (laughs) that's what what they all want is is though there's that tattoo for life (laughs) i love that Interesting. Interesting. Can I talk about another person, another Aiel that I'm so incredibly excited to see in the show if we get that far, if they even exist in the show? Please. Do you know who I'm going to say? I, I think I, I think I might. I think I might, but go, go ahead, please. Oh my gosh, now I'm put on the spot. I'm just like, <laughs> what was her name? Savannah. Like, uh-huh. Uh-huh. I mean, Boob, she's absolutely popping out. Yes. She's absolutely awful. Like, she is a mm-hmm. terrible person. She's a great villain. She's eye-roll worthy, where she's just so... Mm-hmm. I don't want to say delusional, but she just believes that she is just the hottest thing yep. to ever exist. Mm-hmm. And I can't wait to see a character that is just so over-the-top done up with the jewels and the silks and i mean that that is such a big part of who she is Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. and i think it's really important to kind of show that all the aiel are not the same you know like we have kuladin he's kind of a dick Mm -hmm. we've got the shido as this adversarial group of aiel Mm -hmm. to all the other Aiel, mm-hmm. and then we have Savannah, who is just like colluding with 
I want to say <laughs> so many different people. I was to say anyone she can get her hands on. Right? <laughs> yeah. Ice and die, she, Forsaken. Right? Other and then, Yale. Yes. And they're even Black Aja, like. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Serving it up to her mm-hmm. in a way. Like, she doesn't even know she's being used on some fronts. But mm-hmm. she's just one of these. She's not nearly at Elida's level. Like, I love Elida because I hate Elida. Like, she's just one of those characters where I'm always enjoying her chapters because I'm feeling so much. Like, yeah. even if it's, like, bad emotions, I'm just, mm-hmm. like, I'm feeling something here. And Savannah's kind of the same way. But I just, again, like, I, I love costuming so mm-hmm. much that I think, like, she would be one of the most fun characters to Mm -hmm. dress yeah i like how when they get kind of settled in it's after fayil has been taken captive Mm -hmm. and she like takes over a manor house and whatnot and she starts (laughs) i'm like nodding my head like that jack nicholson gif (laughs) like leaning in like yes yes well she starts wearing like brocaded silks and she starts taking baths and like (laughs) she just really like loves so over the top decadent you know and i i'm like yeah yeah why not (laughs) right i mean i I would understand if they do away with the Shido yeah. early because that's a whole lot of stories that, I mean, it, it might really not is. be possible. Mm-hmm. But they could also, like, do Fael is kidnapped and then mid-season rescue, end-season big... Um, I don't know, like, big climax and mm-hmm. not, like, I don't want the kidnap plot to be, like, a whole season thing. Right. No. God, no. It lasts long enough in the series. My God. It's very, very long. Ugh. Yes. Lynn said anything to avoid <laughs> a season of Perrin in that state. Yes. Yes. I do 1, think. thousand percent. I do think mm-hmm. I really enjoy where Perrin hooks up with the Shan Chen to, like, find, have another group. Yep. In his party. ah, uh-huh. Especially love because that. I love that Kulse, <laughs> I can't talk. <laughs> I love that cross-culture uh-huh. situation where they're both kind of, like, learning about one another. Mm-hmm. And I think the Shan Chen are, like, sizing up the Two Rivers archers. Mm-hmm. And, like, we have this demonstration where I the Two Rivers so archers much. are shooting, like, a branch <gasps> or something. He's and holding, it's, like, like, a big stick. Like, a big, like, yes. thick stick. And they're, like, yes. bum, bum, and, bum. Right? And that's, like, yeah, that's my Two Rivers boys. Mm-hmm. Like, yes. <laughs> so I, I would love share. to see that. Right? Oh my god. I'm I'm really eager for archery. More archery. More longbows. More, more battles. Archery, more longbows. More spears. Yes. 
I we didn't really talk battles. about the maidens of the spear, but maybe that we could just do a whole episode. I was gonna on. say there's so many things. There's so many things that we could still talk about with Yael. This is it. Like th- there's just so much to them. There's so much to them. They are really just this integral part to the story. Although I agree with you, we could do away with the Shido. I bet after Kooladin is taken down, you could just kind of like fizzle them out, and it would be okay. Kind of wish they would have done that in the book. <laughs> yeah, but I still, I don't know. Like, I love Morgays. I don't know what it is about her, but I love yeah, getting to that point where I'm like, okay, Fael, like, you did something really cool here, and Morgays, like, channeling is just, like, okay, loved you're it. right. I didn't think far enough into the future of... <laughs> well, this is, you <laughs> like, know, what, like... I... What spirals off from that? We all have our wish lists, though, you know? Right. We're not all going to get it. Maybe that should be an episode, what our wish, wish list is. Mm, that would be, be a fun, fun one. I'm going to write it down. Maybe we could do that for the live stream. Like, what's our wish list? Yeah, just talking wish lists. Endless. Or people can tell us their wish list and we can talk it out. Yeah, I love that idea. I love this idea. Wish but list live stream. I wanted Writing to ask you if there was anything else you wanted to get to before we go so I don't die of heat stroke. I mean, of <laughs> course the third there floor. is. But <laughs> you, you and I both know... This is an endless conversation. I don't want you to die of heat stroke. So <laughs> people in Europe don't have air conditioning. It's probably I know. 80. It's probably over 80 degrees inside right now. I think about you every day. I think about the people in Europe and the people in places that are experiencing extreme heat. Every May you day. all find water and shade. Oh my God. Yes. What a perfect place to wrap it up. Okay, I like that. Me too. <laughs> Thanks for friends. joining us, and we will be back next week with more of the Dragon Reborn chapters. So excited. And yeah, and people on our Discord, um, Patreons, if you have a suggestion for a 101 in the future, let us know. Mm-hmm. Yes, please and thank you. Please and thank you. Thanks so much for joining us. We will continue to release new episodes every Wednesday. We would love if you would subscribe to the podcast, leave us reviews, and share us with your friends in the Wheel of Time community. Let us know what you thought of our content. Correct us. Send us things we may have missed. You can find links to our email and social media accounts in the show notes. And if you have the Anchor app, leave a voice message for us to play in upcoming episodes. We also have a website where you can find links to our Discord channel, social media platforms, and merch shop. So until next week, thanks for joining us on the road to Tarvalin.